Hello everyone, I'm Al Grego, and this is the season finale of the Yes We Are Open podcast. Today, I'm back in Mississauga, Ontario at a familiar building. You may recall in the first episode of this season, visiting Stephanie Wilkinson and Reed Hall of the Athlete Matrix and their impressive facility. One of the main tenants in this facility is none other than the Ontario Blue Jays, an amateur baseball program geared toward preparing student athletes for the next level of baseball. Hello. How's it going? Good, how's it going? I'm well, thank Come you very in. much. That's Stephanie Wilkinson, the owner of the Ontario Blue Jays, welcoming me into the building. As I enter, I'm led through a pleasant two-story lobby with a staircase leading up to the second level. To my left, the entrance to a sports performance clinic, and to my right, there's a gym. But Stephanie leads me past both of those, and the staircase, through a hallway which opens up to the most impressive part of this building. I walk onto a 60-yard running track. Beyond the track is nothing but field turf segmented by netting into stations for batting practice, fielding, and pitching. To my left are more weight machines. The sound system is playing hip-hop while a couple of teenagers are working out. To my right are more pitching mounds. In total, there's approximately 35,000 square feet of indoor space dedicated to baseball. It's any young baseball player's dream. According to their website, the Ontario Blue Jays League Canada in college placements, MLB draft picks and signings, Canadian national team players, and major league players. Entering their 25th season, the Ontario Blue Jays have truly become a national brand amongst baseball programs. But as you know, the last few years haven't really been too kind to organized sport. So how did the Ontario Blue Jays fare during the pandemic? Well, we're about to find out. After my tour of the training facility, Stephanie leads me up to her office for our chat. While the training facility might have been a little quiet, given that it was the middle of the day and most kids were attending their first day of school, up in the offices of the Ontario Blue Jays, there was a palpable energy, like I had just walked in on something important. Turns out I was right. You see, the apex of the Ontario Blue Jays calendar is their annual fall trip. It's what they work toward every year, and that trip was only a few days away. We'll learn more about that in a bit. But first, here's the Ontario Blue Jays' origin story. When were the Ontario Blue Jays founded? They were founded in 1996 in Hamilton by Gary Wilson. When did you take over? Uh, I became involved in 2015, 2016, and then um, a lot more of my time, maybe in 2018. At the beginning, um, I was trying to figure out where I best fit. We had um, people doing the accounting, um, we had people coaching, we had people running the ship, and I was trying to figure out where I fit in. Um, I had a lot of ideas. There were a lot of great people who had those ideas with me, and that would be where I found I wanted to be here every day. I wanted to be here to give the kids, the players, the athletes, something to look forward to. The blue sky thinking is what I think of. You know, it's like, where can we go from here?
Uh, Joe Ellison, and I'm the general manager. How long have you been with the Ontario Blue Jays? I've been with the Ontario Blue Jays full-time since 2013. Um, I've held several different positions with the program, um, from low-level coaching all the way up to my current position. Um, I coached part-time in college from 2010 to 2013, and then I played in the organization from 2006 to 2010. So I've really been here since 2006 or so. So you're the perfect person to ask about the, those early years, I mean, before even Stephanie joined. What, what was it like here? Um, the early years were different. It was smaller, um, less teams, um, smaller facility, travel was a little bit less, but it was still the same sort of feel. It was just at that time, baseball in Ontario wasn't quite at this point yet. Um, I feel like as we've grown and as the years have gone by, you know, we've had the opportunity to, to grow with the time, so to speak. And as baseball's grown in Ontario, we've had that chance to keep going. Why did you come back to the Ontario Blue Jays? I, for me, I think it was something I always wanted to do. Um, ever since I played for OBJ, I, I always kind of thought down the road I'd want to coach. I didn't think necessarily we'd get to the point it's at now where I, you know, I'd have a big role in the program. But it's something I always want to do, give back to the kids. The people gave back to, to my, my years, and I want to do the same thing for them. It's always been trying to give graduates of our program an opportunity to continue playing at a collegiate level um, in the States, whether that's at a junior college, a two-year junior college, or a four-year school, or, you know, the two plus the four-year school. Through that, that comes from our fall trip, which this year begins uh, September 10th, uh, begins in Illinois, and goes through a whole bunch of different colleges and universities on their way to Jupiter, Florida, which is um, sort of the culmination of the entire year. So that's that's your main goal every year. This is this is kind of the, the height of your calendar right now. You, you guys are preparing to leave for your fall trip. What does that look like? So the fall trip is um, typically in the past it's a it's a bus trip. Um, I mean you can't be a you can't be a minor league baseball player without spending a lot of time on a bus, and that's what this trip does. You go school to school, bus to bus. Um, you eat, you sleep, you you get your schoolwork done, but you live your life as a baseball player. And you know if you don't like this life, you're not going to like college. You're not going to like the real. Professional. These are primarily 17-year-olds? These are seven, eight, 17, 18-year-olds. These are sort of our graduating. These are the kids in grade 12 this year, or they're post-grads. People who've already graduated, this is sort of a gap year for them. How long is the trip? Uh, it's a month. It's a month. Mm-hmm. So what are they doing school-wise during this trip? Uh, everything is better this year. Um, it's Everything is online. Oh, yeah. So I guess it's easier. They, it's easier to stay in touch with uh, teachers and with your classmates by everything being online. Up next, the Ontario Blue Jays have become one of Canada's premier baseball developmental programs, and there seems to be no slowdown in sight. But what happens to a business when the only source of revenue stops abruptly without warning or any clue as to when it'll return? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. 
For almost 25 years, the Ontario Blue Jays have been helping young baseball players realize their dreams of playing at the college level. Some have even gone pro. Others, like Joe Ellison, have returned to give back to the organization that gave him so much. So you can imagine their shock when the unimaginable happened and threatened to take it all away. So if we were to talk about the biggest challenge since you've been here to the Ontario Blue Jays, something that may have threatened to maybe close you down, what would that be? The big thing that could have shut us down was the pandemic. Mm. It was it was the stop, um, the, the immediate stop. Right. Uh, and then the wondering how we were going to get the bills paid. Right. Just like everybody else. I mean, without a doubt, the pandemic has been incredibly difficult on everybody in athletics in Ontario, across the country, and, and pretty much everywhere in the world. I mean, it seemed as though every step of the way athletics, you know, wasn't a priority. And I understand that there's bigger things in life than, than playing sports and playing baseball and playing baseball in Canada. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely a, definitely a big struggle for us. Um, something that was hard felt by our coaches, our staff, our players, and all the families. What we didn't, you know, what it ended up being was we stopped immediately taking payments from families. If we were as confused as everybody else, we weren't going to add to that confusion for everybody and that difficulty. So right away we stopped for three months and then over the summer we don't collect. And then last fall everything was normal for September, October, November. And then we're in Peel region and we fell under the very first and the longest um, lockdown. So we were locked down through December through to, to June. And again, until um, May, when we started preparing for our summer program, um, we didn't take money again. So there was another six months of no fees. So March 2020, I we this whole pandemic thing happened. I was at IMG Academy. I was sitting in Tampa waiting for the for the bus to leave and for the trip to kind of begin and um that was when they pulled i can't remember the team off the top of my head now they the nba game got canceled mid-game we begin with breaking news on this wednesday evening the nba season will be suspended following tonight's games as this was the scene in oklahoma city tonight the jazz and thunder sent off the court just minutes before tip-off and i was sitting there with another one of our employees at the time and i said you know holy crap we, we have a really big problem here because if they can't play, how the heck are we going to bring 100 kids from Canada to Florida? So we immediately got on the phone with Stephanie and Joe and Corey, and uh, we we have the tough conversation, and we must have flip-flopped four times that week. I was in bed early on that particular Wednesday night because I had a 6 a.m. flight, right. and Joe Ellison called me at 10.30, and he said, everybody just walked off the court in that basketball game and and that woke me up and that was it we got them home uh two days later uh we made the the decision i mean it was funny now but we struggled so hard on that thursday and friday uh we're sending the bus we're not sending the bus we're gonna go we're not gonna go and then finally we actually had made the decision to send the team 
and then flip flop 30 minutes later after another announcement. And I think it was the right decision. It was a hard decision at the time. And there's nothing in life that prepares you to make that decision, right? And it's what the kids look forward to, but crazy time. So, I mean, you don't need to get specific, but how close did you guys get to closing your doors? We did. I, it's hard to say because um, what we had to do very quickly was we had to lay everybody off, right. you know, and that was self-preservation. Like we had to do whatever we could to hang on to what we had while also recognizing that we couldn't take money from parents and families for a program that we had nothing yeah. to offer. So we had to do that twice. And, and uh, for me, the first time was the worst time. The second time was, you know, like, well, we've done this once. I hate to have to do it again, but it lasted twice as long. <laughs> yeah, yeah it I was, mean, that's, that's not easy. I mean, as a business owner, that's the last thing you want to be doing, right? It's just it's laying people off. I've never had to do it before in my life. Talk about that summer. I mean, was there any hope that you might be able to resume operations in the summer or the fall of that year? Um, I think we we were pretty optimistic for the most part. I mean, you know, we talk, um, and, you know, pretty much daily as as an upper management and as a group and as a coaching staff, and discuss. Okay, well, you know, maybe. Once we get to this color or this stage or whatever it was back then, you know, we would have that opportunity to, to find our way out of this. And what would we do? And we, we probably went through a plan a month on, OK, if we start on this day, this is what's going to happen. If we start on this day, this is going to happen. Um, and we just kept evolving with it. But there, there was hope. I mean, we're lucky that we did get on the field a little bit. Um, but I guess, you know, yeah, we tried to be as optimistic as we possibly could. But it's, you know, wasn't easy sometimes. Let's talk about this summer, because you, like you said, this was the longest lockdown and it lasts well into June, but then things did start opening up, vaccinations started happening. What were your initial plans? Like, How did you start the machine up again? Well, like uh, we were saying earlier, the overall hope arc mm-hmm. continued to you know, ride like a, an ocean wave throughout the, the lockdown. So we kept thinking, well, if we're allowed to be back on the fields, meaning we had a permitted field in Mississauga, well, if we get permits in April, we can start practicing in April. So you start building towards that and then you hear, no, no, there's not going to be any permits until May. Oh, well, if there's no, no permits until May, then how, how are you going to get people ready to start playing a game? So it became the only way that some of these kids were going to see any meaningful baseball meant that we were going to have to go south of the border. Mike and Joe and Corey called into some of their contacts in the States and tried to come up with a plan. And uh, with that plan, we took it to the parents. Parents, it's going to cost you. But here's what we're proposing. Uh, Corey Eckstein, uh, Director of Player Development with the Ontario Blue Jays. 
collectively, you know, as a group here, we we're getting frustrated, obviously, with all the lockdowns that were going on here in Ontario. Um, we just weren't willing to have another year where our players weren't going to be able to get seen by college recruiters. Um, so basically, we, we sat down as a group and kind of put some ideas on the whiteboard and, and came up with, you know, a solution that we felt was, uh, was going to put us in the right direction. We reached out to all of our contacts in the States and ultimately ended up having a, a very good relationship with Perfect Game. And they came up with a proposal that kind of suited our needs. Uh, once we got that, we, we reverted back to our parent group and, and asked and basically kind of surveyed them to see what the interest level was going to be. And uh, sure enough, we were, we were on a flight down to Florida and the rest is history. Mike Steed, head coach of the Fall Collegiate roster. Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about um, your trip to Florida? How does that work? Um, sure. I, I think that was, um, you know, after it was all said and done, um, you know, I think it was one of the biggest positives the organization decided. And, and when we were going through this tough stretch with COVID and the restrictions um, last year, uh, the organization uh, administration made a decision for us to take 34 players down to Fort Myers for seven weeks so that we could get them on the field every day, uh, get them back in competition, uh, in game shape, and uh, just be a little more visible. Um, had, had any of the, the players been down there before? Was this the first for most of them? Um, some of them had. Some of our older players, so our 2022 grads, our seniors this year, had traveled before COVID had hit, so they were accustomed to, to being on the road and, and working out every day with baseball. I would say probably more than half of the players, though, because of last year not being able to travel, it was kind of their first experience of being on the road and going to the ballpark every day. And just uh, I think that was a huge maturing step, not only as a as a baseball player, but as a, a young man as well. My name is Sawyer Whitaker. Sawyer Whitaker, and uh, you play for the Ontario yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, I'm a catcher. catcher. Yeah. So you were at this uh, tournament in Florida? Yeah, I was on the fall or the summer trip. Yeah. Very good. And how, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was life changing. Get to live. Uh, yeah. A bunch of our buddies, you know, living the dream down there. So. Very nice. What did, what, what's, the, what's the biggest thing you got out of it? Um, I think it was just independence. It was like every day you had to wake yourself up. It was like a really uh, like a pro college experience. It was awesome. Get to go to the stadium every day, hang out with the guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And the games themselves? Oh, high energy, competitive, playing the best teams in the country. You couldn't ask for anything more. So what did it mean for you, I mean, being locked down for a year to be able to go play? baseball yeah it was it was something special like i remember the first time i stepped on the field you just take a deep breath like all right it's back to normal well it felt like it was back to normal i don't know it was really special it was something that was in the works i would say back in we started talking about probably february march um, that, you know, as things progressed with the pandemic and things didn't look like they were going to open up or we weren't sure, we started having serious conversations about that, you know, we can't just sit back here and wait to see what happens. We got to be proactive for our kids that need to go to college and that are need to be seen. We went through three or four different ideas from going to Oklahoma to, to a, a college that I went to, to um, this Florida idea. And then it all kind of came full circle, ended up being a perfect game partnership or um, agreement to, to, to go down for the summer. And then it all kind of just fell into place. And we put it out to the parent group and they were incredibly receptive to it. And yeah, it all worked out great for us in the end. Once you got down there, what, what, what was the order of business? Uh, we got in. Uh, thankfully, we had uh, beautiful weather for the most part. It does rain there quite often during the summertime, but we, we tend to get all of our work done uh, during the morning time. 
Um, we had access to the old Boston Red Sox stadium. So we had full access to the, uh, the clubhouse, to the laundry, uh, the stadium every day. Uh, we were pretty spoiled down there. Um, you know, from a visibility standpoint, the tournaments that we played in, we played in four tournaments over the course of summer with a bunch of exhibition games and uh, lots of college guys that came out and watched us. Uh, competition was good. But from a development standpoint, if we look at the kids over the course of summer that came back uh, compared to those that didn't, I would say that, you know, not, they're not above and beyond the kids that didn't get a chance to go, but you could definitely see some significant differences. I, I think we held our own and, and we saw just a natural progression. Um, obviously, when we first week, first week and a half, you know, was getting back on the field, which they hadn't been on in probably over 12 months for some of them. Um, so it, it was just that process of just becoming athletes again just getting out there and doing the baseball things that they've grown up doing and, and that we've had, you know, the training in the past to do. So I think they were ahead of us, the American kids, when we first started. And I think by the end of the trip, you know, we were right back on par and, uh, you know, it showed the, you know, it was a nice thing for our players to win the last event they played in down oh, there okay. and they took the championship back in a Florida tournament. So I think that was the icing on the cake. Uh, any serious interest? Uh, from players, as far as schools are concerned, yeah. We had uh, one player sign with uh, a nationally ranked uh, junior college in McLennan, Texas, uh, Manny Alberto, and definitely a lot of other players that have had contact from, from schools. Um, nobody has nobody else has signed as of yet. Typically, you know, late fall is when you'll start to see a lot more guys sign with schools. Yeah, we were the only Canadian team across the country that ended up going south this year uh, for, that, for that extent of time. Um, I know there was a couple other teams late summer that ended up going down for, for some tournaments uh, but for the most part they all stayed uh, stayed local up here in Canada coming up after the break we find out if the efforts of Stephanie and the rest of her staff at the Ontario Blue Jays paid off this podcast is sponsored by Moneris as a business owner, change comes at you fast. That's why Moneris is right by your side as you innovate and adapt so you can get paid. With solutions for businesses of all shapes and sizes, we're proud to help Canadians like you achieve their goals. From online, in-store, curbside, and pickup solutions, Moneris is there to help your business succeed every step of the way. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 Moneris or visit Moneris.com. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. After a harrowing year of uncertainty, Stephanie Wilkinson and the rest of her staff at the Ontario Blue Jays decided to take proactive measures to make sure that their players didn't have another lost year without baseball. This wasn't just about a game. For many, this was their academic future. Planning a trip with close to 40 players and coaches during a pandemic was no small feat. But in the end, by all accounts, it was a great success. And now, as things slowly return to normal and the Ontario Blue Jays plan to embark on their annual fall trip, all that's left to ask is, was it worth it? So let's talk about outlook. Let's talk about looking forward now. And uh, if, you, if you can share with us what the outlook looks like for uh, the Ontario Blue Jays. Well, the Ontario Blue Jays for the 21-22 season is looking great. We, we're just getting everybody's um, fee agreements and their paperwork back. And we look to have a full, full, full um, roster this year. Um, the fall trip is getting ready to start and it should be done. It finishes uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And looking forward into the spring, we've got a March break trip 
we've got some other things happening in April and we're planning our summer as well. I think it's it's really positive right now. I think that you know we're we're talking on the first day of the next year for us. I mean everything turns over in September. Um, you know the rosters are really strong. Our families are excited to be here. Our coaches are excited to to coach these kids and to be a part of this group. So um, we've got some big things on the horizon. Hopefully we continue to build towards um, both you know within the organization and then travel wise and, and development wise as well. So we're really excited and happy to be here. And hopefully you know this year goes off without a hitch. No, we're excited. Um, you know, we've when I first got here a year and a half ago, we had ten teams. We scaled back down to six by design. Um, you know, we had a lot of good uh, new players coming into our organization this fall. Um, you know, for us moving forward, I think the biggest need on our end is is having a place to call home. And I'm not talking indoor facility; I'm talking field. Um, you know, we had some good uh, discussions with surrounding cities, and you know, our ownership group here is, is adamant about hopefully getting something off the ground uh, moving forward. And I think that is what's really going to take us to the next level moving forward. I think the organization's in a great place. You know, I really do. It's it, it's been tough on everybody, but the work that obviously our front office with Joe and Corey that I mentioned, and Sean Schaefer, who's one of our assistants over there as well. You know, they've done a great job. You know, bringing new kids in, recruiting, um, as well as you know all the coaches here, keeping the players, existing players, in shape and, and on the right path and progression wise to moving forward. And obviously, our end goal is to help these student-athletes move forward to university in the U.S. and and hopefully obtain a scholarship. And uh, all all those nice folks that you had to lay off, how many of them are back? They're all back. Excellent. Everybody's back. Yeah, everybody's back. Everyone was back for the summer. We've just finished up our league championships this weekend. Um, Two of our teams made it into the finals. We We had a great summer at the end of it all. And our, our future, um, you know, we're looking to build a, a complex. So you're planning growth? So you're we, planning we are planning growth. growth. Yeah, we are, we are looking for yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. That's the story of the Ontario Blue Jays. When things seem out of our control, often the tendency is to throw up our hands and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about that. But that's what separates the entrepreneur from everyone else. According to branding expert David Breyer, entrepreneurs have one thing in common. They all seek survival and growth. The Ontario Blue Jays had to make some very tough decisions to survive. But in order to grow, they needed to remember their focus, the young athletes. And then they needed to get proactive and take some chances. Luckily, the chances paid off. And as a result some very talented young athletes have a chance at a bright academic and athletic future. Yes, We Are Open is a Mineras podcast production. I'd like to thank Stephanie, Joe, Corey, and Mike for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about the Ontario Blue Jays at objbaseball.com. Follow them on Facebook or Instagram at objbaseball, and on Twitter, they're at Ontario Blue Jays. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yeswearopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner 
or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Moneris.com. And that's a wrap for season one. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everyone on the Moneris marketing team for their help and support in putting this season together. It truly takes a village and there are too many to name. So please check the show notes for their names. I'd like to also thank the amazing merchants who welcomed me to their place of business and allowed me to tell their stories. Athlete Matrix, Saunders Electric, Peace Collective, Supplement World, The Grist, Valley Online, PBR Auctions, and the Ontario Blue Jays. Please support them by supporting their business. Production on Season 2 will begin in the new year, so expect a whole new season of small Canadian businesses and their stories by spring of 2022. Keep an eye on this feed. I'll post updates as season two approaches. And finally, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening, subscribing, and spreading the word. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. So on behalf of all of us at Moneris, sincerely thank you for listening to the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. See you in season two. Music.